Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dead Dog Theology. We've been away from you for a while, and we're happy to be back. My name is Luke Jenkins, and I'm one of the co-hosts here on Dead Dog Theology. And I want to bring in uh, my partner, which is Dr. Eric Reeves, our lead pastor, teaching elder here at Harvestville Church. Eric, welcome back. Hey, Luke, it is good to be back. It has been a while. How many weeks? I don't know. Seven. Well, we're going to try to explain to our listeners where we've been, and it's not been a, a, a fruitless, um, what do you call one of those things, retreats or... Uh, sabbatical absence <laughs> absence. absence yeah uh no there's been a lot going on and we appreciate everybody's patience hopefully you've caught up on our previous episodes and kind of gotten the rhythm i've noticed we've gotten new followers even though we've been away that might be our best uh technique yet <laughs> but today we really want to encourage you guys and tell you a little bit about our stories or mainly luke's stories he's the one he and Haley having babies and such um, but uh, tell you a little bit about it today. I'll share out of Ephesians as we're coming to a close uh, preaching through that book on Sunday mornings. That's kind of where my heart is today, so I can't help but speaking about that. Uh, speaking about that, so I'm looking forward to an episode to catch up, to breathe in, breathe out, and let our listeners uh, be encouraged by uh, our personalities. Hopefully, that's right. So uh, I guess before we go into the time of devotion and studying the Word. Uh, Eric, what have you been doing over the last few weeks? What do you mean, what have I been doing? I've been waiting on you. <laughs> I mean, I've just what? been sitting here behind the golden out microphone with these headphones going, um, just waiting on you, having babies. How many times have you walked by the office and just thought, man, I'm man, look at that equipment. <laughs> look at that dead dog podcast stuff. Um, you know, we want the dead dog theology to be, uh, you know, a, a source for our listeners. And it is. We've gotten great feedback. Uh, not for our own egos, but just as a testimony to the power of staying in the word, of right-sizing our theology, that, that God is sovereign. We are not. We are as dead dogs who have received the mercy of God, unmerited. And now, for the glory of His grace, we make that known. And so, uh, we want to continue the podcast, and, and I've just been sitting here as waiting the second coming of Luke. And uh, <laughs> we are so glad that your third daughter has arrived and now, basically, it's uh, Luke had the computer, and he would not uh, bring it to the office. Yeah, no, where I, I, won't I would not it. continue the podcast without Luke. <laughs> now that's you, so you touched on it. That's where I've been. We, we my wife went through some health stuff with uh, with the new baby, and so. Man, just it feels like I went to the doctor in the hospital a million times. That's right. You didn't just have a baby. Um, uh, Haley was under special care, and you were a good husband, and. Um, met that commitment at the expense of dead dog theology. So. <laughs> I apologize. Oh, no, no apology <laughs> needed. I mean, it's a baby and your wife, you know. And we did have baby number three, Zylie Jenkins. What's her middle name? Zylie Jenkins. She didn't have a middle name? <laughs> yes, she has a middle <laughs> okay. name. I thought I knew you. I I'm like, give out her social security number and everything. Well, I mean... So now just keep that as a surprise for our <laughs> listeners. Yeah. We'll have a raffle. <laughs> get, get the middle name. Mm. We would like to welcome Josh Parrish back to our listening audience. Josh is a faithful listener and <laughs> gives us a lot of feedback. So I like to throw his name around when I can. Josh does. He's really funny because uh, Josh really enjoys our funny stuff. And so I, I think you'll enjoy this episode. 
It is Blair, by so. the way. Zali Blair Jenkins. Just Did you one. just make that out? No, that's true, because she's named after my oh, wife. Oh, I remember. Yeah. I remember. So well, that's sweet. She was born August 2nd, I think. Blair. Don't shoot me if you're hearing that, Haley, and you heard me say, I think. Hmm. It's just been a long time. That's right. Anyway, so we're, we are uh, full steam ahead now, back, back at the office, back at work, and um, happy to be back, really. I was ready to get back in the routine. Uh, me and Haley were sitting in the hospital, and I said, man, I'm just ready for normalcy again. Anything different about the birth of your third daughter? I know you, you know, with Sony and Zinni and um, pretty, pretty steady other than the, the pre-complications with chemical imbalances. Yeah, that was, that was really what we dealt with. Um, and that was different than the mm-hmm. other two. We, we didn't have that issue. But. And probably the adjustment of, of the new baby in the house with two, you know, I mean, two like, that are in diapers is a big deal. Like, uh, yeah, like, uh, Zini's, she's like eight months old, right? No, no, she's like 16 months old, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's really a big deal. <laughs> yeah. You'd like to get them up walking around. And, and Zinny's uh, kind of rough too. The other day she like just flat out hauled off and hit Zally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, Hey, you just said that on the air. I mean, she did though. Mm. Well, what do you No, Don't tell me what you do, but anyway, it's <laughs> your three daughters. So, uh, uh, we are very, uh, just excited and very proud of how God's blessed you guys and that the opportunity to raise three young women and, and see them grow into godly women under the influence of the gospel. So we are excited and we are glad to be back with you today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why don't we just take a break and take a breather and we'll come back and I'm going to look at the end of Ephesians, not to preach what's coming up on Sunday, but I don't mind giving people heads up even to the the goal of Sunday sermon. We'll do it through our, the lens of our devotional time today uh, when we come back. We'll be right back with you. Welcome back to Dead Dog Theology. And again, this is September 1st. Uh, 2022. I can't believe August has uh, gone by so quickly, but we're glad to start this new month with you guys. Uh, You may be listening on the 2nd. I don't know when this will post, but sometime early September. Today, before we proceed to catch you up on our lives, you know, uh, Luke, a lot of times we'll ask people, how you doing? Or, hey, Luke, how's it going? How are you? And uh, we've learned culturally culturally just to go, fine, how are you? But the Apostle Paul, I think it's interesting how he ended the letter Uh, to the Ephesians after he's gone through this huge doctrinal uh, document and uh, uh, understanding the knowledge of Christ and how the gospel has made its way into our hearts and and affected our lives. Um, Not to, again, preach Sunday sermon, but this is what I've been studying, and this is how it's affected me. So I want to offer you just some, some insights into the closing of Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. Chapter 6 is notably... Uh, recognizes a, a topic of spiritual warfare, and that's that's good. It's really as much about putting on Christ and standing firm through this metaphor, but it's still the same thing Paul has been saying from the beginning, seated with Christ, walking with Christ, and then having your identity standing firm in Christ. So here we come to the end of the chapter, and if you were at Harvest Field Sunday, we covered close to the end of these verses where Paul uh, ends this letter by an appeal for personal prayer. Pray for me also. And we talked about how spectacular that was and how sometimes when pride creeps into our lives, um, we don't ask for prayer. Uh, at Harvestville, we're trying to really reignite the vulnerability for each individual here at Harvestville to ask for prayer 
oh, we have to hunt people down or ask them or seem like I'm bothering people to want to pray for them, where we need to kind of turn that back around and be vulnerable vulnerable enough with one another to say, pray for me also. And I think Paul set that pattern for us. He goes on in verse 20. He says, you know, uh, well, his prayer request that words may be given to him that uh, in opening my mouth to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So that's his request. And it's also the context, this enchainment or this imprisonment is where his representation of the kingdom is taking place in the how are you today, Paul? Well, today I am an ambassador in chains, so pray for me even in this circumstance that I can speak uh, in in the right context, at the right time, and the right content for where God has me. So verse 21, um, so, you know, pray for him, and then so that you also may know how I am doing and what I'm doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And I want to stop there. Sunday, I'll go on through the end of the book. But I think this is incredible that Paul's concerned. So he's the one that brought up ambassador in chains. He's the one that previously had said, this is why I'm suffering for you. I don't want you to lose heart. I want you to interpret suffering in my imprisonment through the lens of the enthroned Christ. Christ is our king. This is all in his purpose and in his timing. And do not do not shun suffering as being worthless, but let's see how this is. So he writes this letter and this, this doctrine in which we pour ourselves into the life of Christ and the knowledge of Christ. But then here at the end, I think it's incredible that he sends Tychicus, this personality. He says he's a brother. He's loved. He's a faithful minister in the Lord. And then he's going to tell you everything. Luke, you know, what does does that mean? Well, obviously tell you everything about Paul's experiences, about Paul's suffering, about, you know, well, where is Paul? Is he in a house? Is he under house arrest? Is he really chained to a guard? Uh, what did he mean by chains? Is he suffering? Are they treating him well? Uh, you know, in other letters, he asked Timothy and others to bring his coat and parchments. Is he well supplied? So here's the personality of Tychicus who is being sent to tell them everything about Paul's personal circumstances in the gospel and that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. So here again, I want us to see how the gospel and doctrine are very important. You know, here at Harvestfield, we want to live and die in the pursuit of knowing Christ accurately according to the scriptures that involves proclaiming truth and refuting falsehood, okay? But we also see in the gospel that the truth of the gospel is placed upon personality many, many times. You know, it, it means what it means in truth all by itself, but God graciously uses the human element to deliver letters, to deliver messages, to speak of the gospel truth of Jesus in such a way that that brings the gospel truth in line with our lives. That puts pressure, that puts perspective. And here Tychicus was a man who was identified, credentialed, uh, in order to be able to encourage the hearts of the church in these things. So we can imagine a little bit about what Tychicus would say. But the content would be elaborating on the gospel, elaborating, elaborating on the truths that Paul wrote down, but also partnering partnering those truths with deep relationship. 
So here at Harvestville, it is our aspiration to preach the gospel accurately, but then to offer that in accurate and authentic relationships. So it's an aspirational thing for us to to know Christ inwardly and vertically, you know, in that relationship, but then horizontally to be able to encourage one another's hearts with what? In the perspective and the truth of the gospel. So that's a big, big deal. Uh, Luke, we all know cagey uh, theologians who think they know everything and they treat people terribly mm-hmm. and they're they're unmindful of their ministry of of application of the gospel in relationships. So uh, and then also on the other side, you know, people who are ooey and gooey and loving and they have no substance to the reason what why they are right. uh, being friends. So it's both. And it's this gospel that stands alone, but it's a gospel that includes our personality and Tychicus is one that struck me, and and I'll be elaborating more on this Sunday, but um, I hope that our listeners all would aspire today to let the gospel that has saved them also use their personality to encourage other peoples in the truth that we has been, the truth that has been made known to us. Amen. All right, we'll be right back with you. Welcome back to this week's edition of Dead Dog Theology. And so we heard from Pastor Eric in Ephesians 6 and talking about Tychicus and Paul and all of these things. That's why you want to say it. Go ahead, say it right. I can't. Nobody, I don't speak Greek. <laughs> Nobody does. But uh, what we see, and I think it, it reminds me of Harvestfield. We see where we promote authentic relationships and an authentic gospel. It seems like, though, people want to gravitate to one or the other. Yeah. You know, so we preach expository sermons. That means flowing out of the text. The text constrains the preacher's thinking and outlining and even his illustrations. Okay. We don't just take a text and jump over to devotional, moralistic preaching. So we believe that Christ resides in the text and and we preach Christ crucified. Well, then people, we've seen this at Harvestville and mostly men, because I relate to them and talk to them more, uh, they'll get this doctrinal epiphany. Wow, this is true, and this is Christ, and God is sovereign, and God is in control, and right. Scripture is enough, and Christ is enough. and and then, But then they, they tend to run so hard after being right in doctrine. Now, bear with me. We should pursue right doctrine. I'm talking about personally being right. Right in your doctrinal explanations. Like the, like the feeling of having to be correct. Like you are, yeah. you've got it. Yeah. I've got it. Nobody else has. Then they, they turn into very obtuse people that, that, you know, well, if you don't agree with me, you're out. Yeah. And so what stems from that is, um, I don't know. And it happens a lot with younger guys. It seems like too, mm-hmm. or maybe people younger in their faith, mm-hmm. but, so what is it really? I mean, is it is it theology over relationship or is it relationship over theology? What should we be striving for in the local church? Right. And and we've said it this time and time again. It's both. Now, if if you just were handing someone a piece of paper with truth, hand them the gospel accurately as written. But then so many times God ordains a personality to carry that letter, uh, such as how'd you say it? Tychicus. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I say it's the shorter version. Tychicus. Tychicus. Like Who knows? Better. His name was probably... Well, I just used hooked on phonics and sounded it out. Did so. you? Yeah, that's all it was. Why did you go to school? <laughs> uh, of course you did. <laughs> Y'all had to sound out everything. 
relationship, relationship. Um, so, you know, it is how God administrates. When you deliver the message empathetically, uh, earnestly, uh, with love, un- incorruptible. Now, that's the rest of the passage. It does elaborate, and we'll talk about this on Sunday morning, with an incorruptible love, the love that you have received from God's grace through faith. Um, then you are administrating that love horizontally. And so you want to be right in doctrine, but you also want to be sincere in the delivery of that right doctrine. So that requires patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and all these uh, attributes that Paul pointed out of Tychicus, his faithfulness, his ability to be able to encourage hearts. That's where the cagey Calvinist uh, label comes in sometimes where the, the Calvinist who studies systematic th- theology and and really is drawn into the Reformation and Reformed theology, which I love it. I, mm-hmm. I like that. Part of me likes that structure and that being able to explain um, complex ideas in simple statements. But at the same time, I have to set aside not theology, but the systematic approach to theology many times because of the, the delivery system of love, the right. delivery system of patience, of, of trusting God to work in the most simple offering of the true gospel instead of me thinking I have to explain every nuance of God's sovereign power over the will of man in, in all relationships. Because I've just seen it happen and break down so much. Now, I will uh, let a relationship be strained over truth. Right. Uh, that's fine. But I'm not going to do it on purpose, not, not just to be, I don't know what the word cagey means, but we we, we see the failure of the new Calvinist movement uh, from, well, if you want to say Driscoll or whoever, 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 you know, and, 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 and again, nobody asked me, but I'm telling you, I just see this delivery of a non-loving, now when I say loving, I don't mean pansy, right, yeah. I don't mean the people who say, well, doctrine doesn't matter. Loving in a way where our vertical relationship with God affects our horizontal relationships with others. Well, not only affects, it controls it. Absolutely. You know, and it is the fruit of the Spirit being made known in the administration. And that's why Paul, why does he list all these people that are involved in this ministry or administration? Because people matter as well. Right. Now, love without truth is not love. Truth without love is not truth. Um, I don't know who said that, but if I did, you can quote me at, at Eric at Harvestfield Church. It's $25 a quote. Um, but, you know, they go hand in hand. The Apostle Paul says over and over, if you do all this great, and I'll just say theological precision without love, it doesn't mean anything. Right. Well, I could, and if Paul was sitting here, we'd say, no, truth is truth. You know, it sits there. But in the delivery of that and how God uses the effectual means of grace through personalities, is a is a big big deal. So Harvestville, we better aspire to be as accurate as we can in the gospel, to refute false doctrine, to stand firm and clothed in Christ, but let the love that we have received in Christ be exchanged freely, and that involves patience, and that involves long suffering. When people think differently on ideas or doctrine, it requires great patience and long suffering, not just a race to see who is right. And uh, so that affects us uh, as preachers, as teachers, as student minister leaders, as children, children's leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully we're getting better uh, at understanding doctrine and, and 
preaching and teaching these things, and hopefully we're getting better at loving people as well. Amen. All right, before we go, do you, I don't have any questions for you. You don't have any questions? I got a lot of questions for you, but they'll have to be off air. Oh, no. What's wrong with you? What do you mean? I'm just kidding. Um, so, you know, what's your biggest challenge again? Our readers are interested in your personality. Uh, why did you name all your daughters uh, names that begin with Z? That'd be my wife. And yeah, it's just, yeah. it's nothing Z, Z, Z. It started with Zoni, and how do you go from that to and you, Sarah? You skipped over. Are you going to have any more girls? No, Ziggy. No, no, no. Um, I like Ziggy. I, I like really Ziggy. Uh huh. But, but Zolly's good. And for our listeners, if you notice, if you just take the Z off, uh, they're all just regular names. Zoni's not. Tony. <laughs> <laughs> My four six year old. a boy's kid. <laughs> Money. 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 Yeah, maybe. Ah, oh, that's not a normal name either. Monica. Let, let's do this because what you did touched Zonica. on. You touched before you go run off with it. Veronica. Zeronica. <laughs> before we uh before you run off with it i'll ask you this on air how can i be praying for you pastor eric Ooh, see that requires me to humble myself because my first reaction is i'm good that's right but and and then you know to be vulnerable enough with you know uh other christians to humble yourself i'm just telling you luke people that won't give you a prayer request about how are you doing it's pride that's right that's all it is. It's just pride thinking, I'm not going to share that with you. Or that's a little too personal. But that's we're supposed to be personal in the church, at least with a few people. So Paul blows it up in his letter and says, pray for me. So I guess the same thing would be boldness to speak as I ought to know. the. Now, look, to know the scriptures, theology matters. Without it, we don't have anything to say. Right. Okay. And without a right view of God, we don't have a right view of people. So it is something we strive and with all our energy. So I would pray for strength for me to keep my my uh, poise. I use the word poise as, you know, I turned 55. Since, you did. Look, this, so this is a brand new bo- the broadcast, the newer, older, more mature Eric Reeves. Double nickel game. I was, cannot believe I'm 55. I do not like it. Happy birthday. 54. I turned 29 fine. over the yeah, same. 29. Time. You got you, you can hold it. You can tote that one. My water's sloshing out of the bucket. Can you pray for me for rest? Get yeah, some rest. You, need, you look tired. <laughs> I'm very tired. I, if our viewers, I wish we had a camera, you'd say, what happened to Luke? Luke's just wearing gym shorts all the time. Though. <laughs> I have a lot of spandex going on around here. I'm not saying anything, but that one size fits all is not true. <laughs> O-S-F-A. Not <laughs> that's the funniest thing i've ever said in my entire life thank you guys for joining us this week we love you and and pray for us and, and the same boldness to proclaim but also not only to proclaim but to live it amen to live it as an example as paul would say follow me as i follow christ that should be our story and our ambition as well amen thanks for joining us we'll see you next week thanks